In the book of Acts, uh, big picture, you've got the Old Testament. It's the anticipation of Jesus Christ. The Gospels, it is the manifestation of Jesus Christ. And you have this book right on the end of the Gospels, another book of history. It, in a sense, covers all the epistles except for a latter few. It's called the book of Acts. It is the Acts of the Apostles. You could probably, if you wanted to, call it the Acts of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles on earth as the gospel goes forward. And the book begins in uh, Acts 1.8. It gives you the key verse for the whole book. Uh, in verse 6, they were wondering, Jesus, is this the time when you would restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said, that's not for you to know. There's certain things. Doesn't that free you? We don't have to know everything. He said, it's not for you to know what the father has fixed by his own authority. And then verse 8, but you will receive power. It was a promise. When would they receive this power? When the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. That is right there in their own backyard in all Judea and Samaria. That's as if they went throughout the valley and to the ends of the earth. That's as if they went all the way to Texas, right? Is that where they? No, 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 no. And so that is the outline of the book. You get 1 through 760, 8 through 12, and 13 through 28. That's how it breaks down. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. And then you see, if you flip over to Acts 2, the last five verses, five or six verses in Acts 2, you see this uh, kind of a summary of the early church. And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayers And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions, belongings, and distributing the proceeds to all as they had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to their number day by day, those who were being saved. You see, there's a, there's a lot going on here, but it can be summarized in about four things. Number one, they devoted themselves to instruction. They devoted themselves to the apostles teaching. That is why we, from this pulpit, you will never see, um, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People opened up as a mainstay, as if today we're going to learn about being proactive. Uh, thank you, Covey, for making that. But we're about God's word. And that is what we preach verse by verse through books of the Bible. And so just like them, we go through the word and they were devoted to fellowship. They were devoted to getting together. That's if you wonder, why are they always in making these announcements to small groups? Because only so much fellowship can happen right here at the church. We need to be in each other's homes. And you saw it here formally and informally. They were going together to the temple and they were breaking the bread in homes. And so you had this gathering, this big gathering, and then you had smaller groups. And you saw great power and great compassion. And they were coming together, breaking in the bread and prayers. And that's uh, in the Greek, that's kind of a, a phrase for worship, that they would come together and officially worship together. They would sing songs. They would pray. They would take communion. And finally, they were having favor with all people, that they were involved in evangelism. They were going out. They were sharing the good news. And if you notice here, These are just general characteristics of the early church. If you want to, uh, and you feel so inclined, 
On our website, you can go back and listen. We devoted an entire sermon to Acts 2, 42 through 47. And we went phrase by phrase making caricatures out of what happens across Christendom. That people will go in and they will say, uh, we are of the apostles teaching. And it's all about teaching, teaching, teaching. And they leave it there and they don't go out and they form their holy huddle and they just go with teaching. Or you get the, 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 we've made a caricature of the signs and wonders that people will just hold these up. And if these are the signs and wonders, if these things are happening, God's really not at work. And we, we showed in that sermon, I showed in that sermon, you know what? God is working through, uh, Dr. Tim Keller, he's a Presbyterian. He does church differently than we do, but he's doing a great work in, in New York. Or the, the key text in many seminary students' uh, libraries on systematic theology is by Wayne Grudem, who leans a little bit more to the charismatic side of things, but he's a wonderful man. God is using him mightily. And I could go on and name all these. And so what we were showing is we're not going to get caught up into caricatures and and bold and underlining phrases, but we're seeing the four things of instruction, fellowship, worship, and evangelism. And then we moved on through chapter three, chapter four, and chapter five, and you saw opposition from the outside. You saw corruption on the inside. And we come to our first summary. And the word of God continued to increase. And the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And so there you see in 6, 7, there is this summary statement that in Jerusalem, things are happening. The word of God is going out. The disciples are multiplying. And a great many of the priests became obedient to the faith. The priests who were steeped in the Old Testament were realizing by God's grace that all that pointed to Jesus Christ and they were bowing their knee. And so you see in six, seven, your first summary of the book. And then in the rest of six and all of seven, you see Stephen give his speech and he is the first martyr. And then, then with that persecution, we didn't just stop. But eight, one says, though Saul approved of his execution, there was a great persecution and the gospel spread throughout Judea and Samaria. And we just finished uh, the f- section on that in 931, where you see, so the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it, the church multiplied. When we have that balance between reverence for God, a fear of God and the comfort of the Holy Spirit. I love that phrase by Luke that he puts them together. He doesn't leave one over here and one over here. They go together. There is a deep reverence for God and there's a comfort, a peace through the Holy Spirit that when those two things are happening and the gospel is going out, the church multiplies. The church multiplies. And so that's where we are in the book of Acts. Over the next few weeks, we're going to see Peter comes back on the scene. And then we're going to have an Easter sermon. And then we're going to take a break from the book of Acts and go into the book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, I'll have more on that next week. But I wanted to highlight something for you that I've seen in Acts thus far that I think uh, will be a nice connection to what we're getting ready to do. 
If you were going to go through the Bible and you were trying to watch the themes of scripture, you would go to each book individually, but then you could take them collectively in Genesis over and over again. These are the generations of these are the generations of it's a book of beginnings. God is telling us how he's creating the world and how this nation is being formed. If you go to the book of numbers, it's highly around the movement of the people. Here are the people. The people go out. The people camp here. The people rebel. And so the people go here and the people wander, but it's all about the movement. Uh, One of the classics in the old Testament is the book of judges that over and over again, the people rejected God. They were then held captive. They cried out to God. He provided a judge and the land had rest. Then the people rejected God. They were held captive. They cried out. God provided a judge and there's rest over and over again. You see those cycles. If you were to go to the book of Matthew, Jesus would give a sermon and then there would be a narrative highly of miracles to validate his sermon. You get the sermon on the Mount, the sermon to the disciples. You get the sermon of the parables. You get the sermon on the church and the sermon on the end times. All in between, you see this story moving along. If you were to go to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians 1.18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be open, that you may see this beauty of God. And then in four one, walk in a manner worthy. And so you see God and then you walk in a manner worthy of the God you have seen. And then in six, it's stand firm. And so you see this theme through Ephesians, walk, see, or see, walk, stand. So the question is, what is it in Acts? What is the thread? What is the theme that ties the book of Acts together? 25 times in the book of Acts, almost one every chapter. You see believers going out, sharing the good news, someone coming to faith, and immediately they are baptized. And as we talked about a few weeks ago, baptism uh, by definition means immersion. And so it is a very important theme in the book of Acts. It is the identification of a Christian. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to live it out. Uh, I can't wait until we get to a day where we have our own building. We have a big baptismal. I was raised Baptist. It's going to be huge, just huge diving board and everything. I'm just kidding. No, where we don't have to go somewhere. But then when, when people, we introduce them to the faith, we can walk right up there. Um, and, and in those days, we might come back and have a special service. But what we're doing here, because we don't have our own building and because of other things, we are time constrained. We've got to go to the Gypsum Rec Center. And so what we're going to do here, I'm going to pray. The band's going to come up. We're going to sing some songs together. Then I would love everybody's help to get these chairs picked up, to get everything broken down, to get this school clean. And we will head over. It's 1030. I hope to start this thing by 1115, 1130. So sound like a plan? 25 times through that entire book. You like that handout right there? That went straight from my computer to that computer to my little iPad. The wonders of technology. Father, thank you for this time together. I pray now as we sing these songs, would we just be strengthened that when we think about you, we would be amazed by how great you are. When we think about your son and the cross, that we would see there is nothing but the blood of Jesus. There's no record of church attendance. There's no hours spent in the scripture 
that those who of us who know the Lord Jesus Christ will be with him one day forever based solely on his work on the cross. Lord, I thank you for the book of Acts and the good time we've had thus far. I pray now as we sing, uh, might we be full of joy. And Lord, as we then go to a baptism service, might those being baptized recognize the uh, wonder of what they're doing today. And might you comfort them and give them peace and joy in their own hearts. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.